Heard is an independent podcast recorded live at the Cranky Buzzard Restaurant. Each week, we listen to stories from the food lovers, misfits, free spirits, and wanderers who make the community one of the best places to eat and drink. To support us, please visit patreon.com slash herd the podcast. This week, I want to welcome my co-host, Ryan Pinger. Hey, how's it going? Hey, good. How are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. good. Not as tired as last week. <laughs> uh, and our first guest this week is Luke Hotchkiss, a bartender from Delivery. Luke, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. And welcome. Um, every week, we start off kind of with the same question with all of our guests, which is, uh, tell us where you came from. Tell us what you've been doing. How long you've been doing it? Well, I uh, started bartending... 10, 15-ish years ago, started part-time, uh, said before I was working at Excel, so the radio voice. That's um, a good one. Yep. Helped a lot, actually. But yeah, I started doing this part-time and realized that I was making just as much money and actually enjoyed going to work, so uh, within a couple of years, I just you know, quit my, what people refer to as a real job, which I really don't, but with that and just started uh, doing bartending and if you've gotten a drink in Eau Claire somewhere in the last 10, 15 years, you've probably been someplace that I've worked. Yeah, you, uh, well, was it, was Wags your first then? Wagner's before it got uh, the, where it's the multi-complex thing. So yeah, that's where I started first. Yeah, because I know that's where I first met you. Mm-hmm. I was in the kitchen there at Townsend and you were the, uh, the my first bartender mentor we'll call it that we'll call it that but where uh actually i adapted for better or for worse my attitude with bartending through you at high volume there too because we were pretty busy all the time but yeah i was just bar backing for you and occasionally help pour something because i was still a baby but yeah he was the first he was the hardest one to crack there because everybody got along with me but i couldn't crack this guy i put two months Two months into trying to, like, uh, I was like, anything else you need? Uh, I'm running to the store. Need anything? You need some cigs? You know, and, it was, and finally, the day that I got him was he uh, he was violently ill slash hungover <laughs> to the point where he was turning around to the to the kitchen counter and just, like, bracing himself. And then he turned back around, and then he would take somebody's order, then turn back around, brace himself. And it was busy, so he couldn't get out of there. And he... Uh, he, I, was, I was like, oh, it would be nice. I'm going to run to Walgreens. And I went, that's right when Walgreens came out with that Elka Seltzer, you know, meant for your hangover or whatever. And it was like $14. And I'm young, dumb, and broke. I'm like, no, nope, this is going to work. And then sure, you know, sure shit, the, I come back and he leaves five minutes later. And then ended up just, I go, I'll just see him the next day. And I was like, Luke, I go, uh, you know, I go, how are you feeling? And he's like, I went home and then forgot it was Richie's birthday and they wanted me to go out. Turns out I was just really hungover and I had a drink about it and I was fine. And then after that conversation, yeah, we became real good friends ever since. That was it? Yeah. That, that's almost exactly, I think, how it happened, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. There is, I, I am not from this community. Um, this is actually the first small community, smallish community I've ever lived in. And I find these stories to be so interesting because I, I find that no matter where you go in this city, the people that have been here and have worked here and have been in this industry really have been kind of all over. Um, and it's so interesting to hear about these places like Wagner's because the Wagner's that I know is the Wagner's that it is yep. today and the Wagner's it's been for the last few years. And so to think of Ryan, who I know very well now, yep. 10 years ago, 
bar backing. <laughs> yeah, baby, 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 <laughs> baby Ryan. Ryan, baby Ryan. It's a different yeah, time. Yeah. Just, <laughs> uh, many, many years ago. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Wagner's was a lot different back then. Yeah, That's, yeah. It was a, it was a lot of, uh, a lot of work. We were a very close group back then, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, there were unfortunate circumstances towards the end. But other, other than that, I mean, without having worked there, I wouldn't know Luke, and I consider him like family. I wouldn't know. Uh, Ali Wire, who actually owns, uh, alongside Josh, uh, the, as, a, as a married couple, they own Princeton Valley Golf. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, now I'm looking back at how long I've known both of them and, you know, watching them grow and, and you know, whether it be, I know Ali had moved a couple times and, you know, I'd moved away from Luke and then coming back and now we're all back in the same spot. Eau Claire tends to seem to have that gravitational Pull service industry-wise, where you always know somebody who knows somebody. So you've been at the livery now for... It's been a while now. It's probably been about five or six years, I want to say, because it was before quarantine that I first started there. Yeah, you were there, weren't you there for like a, a couple, year? Yeah, a year or two year before, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, another place I started at just because I knew everybody else who worked there and they needed somebody to fill in and that turned into me working full time there with them you also uh, shout, shout out to Joe Velasquez here at Chico but you worked at the spike for a little bit yep. as a fill in I remember yep. that that yeah. was uh, interesting yeah yeah. That I, was, I always liked the little small town ones the best actually yeah, yeah there were some characters in there that's for sure yeah, oh, yeah. one guy I remember really really was worried about that jukebox <laughs> I went out there and all I'd play is Eagles or like Credence because the guy would sit there and just watch you just sitting there by himself just eyeing you up like don't play something dumb and I just I was like Luke I'm going to need another drink for this we were talking uh, in our uh, in a a prior episode that was just Ryan and I about bartenders and how I was uh, I I was reading uh, something uniquely about bartenders and how they're so personable and so charismatic behind the bar but then the second they go home and they're their true natural selves, they're probably some of the most biggest introverts <laughs> ever. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are on uh, the characteristics of, of a, a long-time bartender. I think there's a lot of truth to that. For me, is almost the opposite because I, I grew up uh, a little weird. So I wasn't super social when I started doing this, and it really did a lot for me to not be worried about, you know, talking to new people or, you know, learning something new from someone or yelling at someone to get the hell out of my bar <laughs> sure. when they One of my needed parts. to. <laughs> but yeah, for the mo- a lot of a lot of the people I know are like that too. Sure. Yeah. But then for you, you maybe you you blossomed it. Yeah, you, know, you that's that's one way to put it. Yeah. I don't think anyone's ever said that about me before, but I'll take it. I, I will say when I first met you, I, you, n- you never would have known that this guy used to be like a wallflower about things because he was very, uh, I was actually just telling somebody that, that story about the, uh, the, uh, the short, short person fight that happened at Wags at one time. That was a very odd introduction to me working there, but yeah, no, I, I go, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have known when you first, like when I first met him that he was ever, you know, closed off. You know, if anything, he, he was a very large personality, um, which is why I was like, I got to crack this guy. <laughs> and here we are years and years later. Yeah. That was the uh, first time I ever got hit with anything besides a fist. That was fun. 
there, there is a story behind this. And oh, yeah. <laughs> Luke, do you want to tell it? Because you had to be there. Yeah, I was in the middle, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a big group. And now I have to say because it's a, it's kind of the reason that everything happened. There's a big group of like uh, Asian dudes. Came, they came in pretty regularly, always cool. Uh, drink a lot of... Is it pitchers and pitchers, tequila? Pitchers and tequila, yep. I don't know why you remember this after 12 years pitchers or whatever it is, but always do. Yep. And there is some, say, you know, white trashy kind of guy trying to play pool with them, and he uh, made a comment that I did not hear, but I heard from someone mm-hmm. else. And suddenly there were 20 or 30 guys trying to fight the one guy, so we had to try and get everybody out. And... I'm on the floor and I turn around and I get hit with a bar stool across the face <laughs> twice. And then I don't remember much, but apparently I was just picking people up by with two hands and like throwing them out the door and stuff. And Wasn't Peek under the counter and called the cops? He was under the counter and called the cops. Yes, yeah. one of our regulars. It was very heroic. I yeah. think that's the most movie scene bar fight. Yeah, I don't think it even does it. I don't think it even does it justice. That was my first one too. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Yep, yep. Those are the interesting times Mm -hmm. right there. But there's a actually the second time him and I ever uh, well a bonding moment we'll call it that industry wise was we both worked that day I think and I I was kind of seeing this lady and went over there and I may or may not have done the old. sneak out the window i'm not proud of that but i was young and dumb um and it's hot like it's i'm behind that mobile gas station on claremont pretty much and it is like july and it's boiling and luke lived down by the holiday by memorial and i like booked it and i was running i'm like luke are you up and he goes yeah i was just about to have a cocktail and i'm going to bed it's like i'll be there in 10 minutes and i show up and i'm just soaking wet from running the whole way there and I just thought it was funny and mind you me and that lady made up and we are good friends now but <laughs> but uh but at the time I was just like you're now never gonna believe what happened and he's just standing there like who is this kid yeah you know and I, and I will say yeah I think that was the night after that I mean pretty much connected at the hip throughout the years but he taught me a lot about the temperament of bartending um and you know how to how to pick out the, the good and the bad and take them both at the same time sometimes mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, all the fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. all the yeah, all the fun stuff. All, all the uh, all the quintessential cocktails. Which I will ask you, um, what do you think your your top five cocktails are? On necessity to know, especially in the Midwest. Well, Wisconsin old fashioned, kind of obviously the first one. Just the alcoholic uh, kitty cocktail. Basically, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, around here, yeah, that's that's going to be kind of the the biggest one. Then just your variety of. Uh, like similar things to that, like Manhattan's, you know, as far as like more complicated things. I'd make a lot of mojitos just because we kind of got known for that. So people sure. come in specifically for that. Um, weirdly enough, Wagner's is where I learned to make a lot of drinks that most people are surprised to find just because we had a lot of older clientele when I first started. Mm-hmm. So we'd have like, like a perfect Manhattan or old fashioned, not Wisconsin style. Yeah. And so they're always shocked when I, you know, do the actual twist and not just the yeah. fruit, you know? Yep. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm more of a speed bartender than, like, mixologist. Sure. My strength. I mean, if you give me something I haven't used before, I can make something decent, but I'm not mm-hmm. going to have something that evokes the memories of your first yeah. camping trip sure. or whatever, <laughs> well, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, well, like, on the speed side of that, I mean, it's... 
there's some really cool artistic bartenders out there. But I learned a long time ago that that is just not me because if I walk into a place, um, there's a certain place I've walked into before where I've ordered, uh, say, I, I order a well, high-end cocktail um, and you know it takes 15 minutes for me to get it from the time the order goes in and there's only three of us. I just tell them you might as well, you know, pour me, you know, start making me another one because by the time I'm done with this, you know, you'll finally be done with my drink and that just, I don't have the temperament for that. I go, yeah, I'd rather have you be quick because otherwise you're going to run people out if you're three deeper on the bar and, and you know, everybody's going, all I want is a Bud Light and a Whiskey Coke, but you're too busy, you know, trying to light something on fire. Right. You know, there's, <laughs> there's, a, there's a time and a place for those things. There's never a time to light anything on fire. Sure. No, 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 not, not, not anymore at least, yeah. I would agree. Yeah. What, what would you say your, uh, your least favorite cocktail to make is? That's a long list, I know. What, what, some, you're, you're some, something deck, something sweet, but strong. Oh sure. That's my. That's the make me something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. That that's a fair. That's the an ma- easy oh, combo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will tell you guys. I and as I've said before, my experience as a bartender is very limited, but I have done it. Unfortunately, I'm sorry to anybody in this community that has ever had me as their bartender. Um, it, they did give me the license <laughs> reluctantly, but I'll give you anything they're if you pay gi- them the yeah, money. They're just giving those away <laughs> They're now, just huh? giving them away. Yeah. Uh, they told me because I own a restaurant, I have to have one, so I got it. And um, I, I will tell you, I didn't realize how much, I don't drink them, but I, I will tell you I've come to have a, a very big resentment to the Long Island iced tea. Oh, yeah. Uh, however, I did get a very interesting order one Tuesday morning around 8.30, and it was a Long Island iced tea, skip the sweet and sour, skip the Coke. Okay, so just a glass. Of- so my follow-up Ooh. question was, is this a mistake that was rung in? And then follow-up question, do you also want me to just dump the bar mat in the glass <laughs> yeah, along uh, with it? Yep. And I will tell you, the very sweet 80-something-year-old woman who was here on this fine Tuesday morning said to me, I'm, I just want to get lit because I had to go verify that this was in fact what she wanted and that I was going to put it in a rocks glass because I, is that how, is that how she said it? Yes. That makes makes a a lot better. That was a direct quote. And then at that moment, she had two of them. I like that lady. Oh, wow. And that was probably about a month uh, after opening this restaurant. And I thought, we are definitely attracting the right crowd. Yeah. He's a 80-year-old lady. I don't know where you came from, ma'am, but God love you. And a glass of back alley booze. That that actually reminded me. The the worst one I've seen lately was someone ordered a uh, gin and milk. That's the worst. What? (laughs) Gin and milk? That's not a thing. You you can be be excused. You can be excused. I swear to God, I didn't make it, but the uh, the other bartenders were all just shocked because you would be. Why would you? Yeah, that would short circuit my my head. That's for sure. There's like three drinks that that should have any kind of milk. Yeah, any milk or cream. Yeah. Yeah. That's not one of them. Gin no. and milk. Oh, yeah. dude, there's, a, there's a guy who used to come in and he would drink. He would only want sweet and sour, and it, and it was just double Yukon and sweet and sour in a short rocks glass with, like, three ice cubes. And he was, it was just miserable to watch him drink that. And he wanted it room temp before I put it in there so it would melt the ice cubes. I would just add water then. Yeah, and, but the milk thing is so out there. 
Um, well, not not as a, it sounds. It sounds like a bad shot, like something that, like a birthday shot or something you would do if you lost a bet. Yeah. 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 Like a joke shot. Like, yeah. Like yeah. she was saying, like the bar mat shot. Yeah. 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 So I apologize for putting that in everyone's mind, but it's, yeah, it's yeah, been in yeah. mind for a while, and I really don't like it. I, uh, you guys tell your stories about um, interacting with individuals, and I, I can't help but bring a huge similarity between, um, I, I'm still a practicing nurse, uh, and the similarities between a bartender and a nurse uh, in that we are taking care of people that we are uh, usually providing some sort of altering substance to Yep. Um, as we remain sober and everyone around us is no longer. Um, and just the, the interaction and the, the, the charismatic nature that, that you need to have when, when you're trying to work, you're on the clock, you're, you're, trying to focus on what you're doing and everyone around you it's just, it's just yep. chaos unfolding you usually just everywhere see, we usually see those people before you do so usually it's yeah. you guys and then we see yeah, them in yeah, the yeah, er yeah. and then i wonder where where did yeah. this night go wrong yeah and, <laughs> and then we see the nurses afterwards a lot of nurse regulars they usually yep. bring up a similar point yep. about that yeah yeah yep. we used to have a whole group that uh, worked at the Children's Hospital right outside of Chicago. They would all come in on Friday nights, and there was like, say, like 20 of them. And they would all come and just get blasted and then be like, well, I got to work. I'm like, start another yeah. another full-day shift in 12 hours. I'm like, I want to slow down on those martinis at this point. Yep. Well, coming just, in, yeah, coming in Yeah, coming in schedule-wise to yeah. bartenders, yeah. too, actually. Just yeah. get real drunk, then go back to work in the six hours or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, the grind. Yep. It's it's a different uh, when your when your dinner starts at eight o'clock in the morning, and then or you, four a.m. or four a.m. Yeah. and then yep you turn around and go back at it at seven p.m. But very it's if you really think about it and you really put down you put the, the details side by side it is actually quite similar uh, yeah. in the expectations in the uh, in the customer base um, and. Yeah. And just the the interactions that you have with kind of have to be a little bit of a different person <laughs> to every person and group that comes yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, D- definitely a different uh, a different breed, service industry wise. And I would say, well, everybody kind of meets in the middle on that one. Service industry, there is mm-hmm. such a crazy correlation between front of the house, back of the house, and then I would say even like bartenders on their own are a separate thing. I don't. It is technically obviously front of the house. But depending on where you work, it's it's very different than being like a server or host. I I feel like that it kind of separates itself a little bit on the aspect, depending on where you work. But my favorite part on the bar side is right to refuse. I mean, obviously we're you know Hilltop's just a, you know we're a neighborhood bar that occasionally serves food. We're not a restaurant that serves drinks, so that's kind of a, a you know a different level. But yeah, there I mean it's. The favorite part is not having a smile on somebody's face. I think that's what mm-hmm. it is. Where, you know, I'm not going to, the customer is always right. It does not pertain to behind the bar. If I tell you, you don't need a drink, you don't need a drink. And you're not going to convince me otherwise, you know? Yeah, being the uh, final authority is kind of nice sometimes. Yeah, so, sure. yeah, it's, a, it's an odd uh, an odd quip right there that, yeah, you just. You don't really want you, you to you don't want You don't want to have to tell people that nice. you're like, all oh, sub nights, I've just had a day before I got to go into work. And you're like, please let that one person 
you know, who deserves this, sit down at my bar because I, I got it in my back pocket. I'm just waiting to use it. So please give me a reason. And then you kind of feel bad about thinking about it like that. But it's just the honest, the honest truth. I mean, yeah, you make sure you use it on the right people, I guess. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way. But I'm pretty curious to see with delivery in very, very close in location to this restaurant um, and then what is happening in between us with the Menominee Co-op coming in um, and then also with uh, the expansion of the metro system in, in the city and then all of these apartment buildings um, that are popping up around. I'm, I'm curious to see what that's going to do for places like delivery, for restaurants like this restaurant, yep. um, when these things start to open. Um, I'm, I've noticed a trend in um, a lot more high-end things coming to this this area. Um, and I know across the street, uh, we have my office, which is now reopened, which is now opened to a very upscale bar um, it, it just recently. Um, and so I... I'm, I sit here sometimes and, and I look out and, and I think I, I would think that you guys do the same over there because you're just literally over the construction away um, and you just kind of look outside and wonder what everything is popping up around us um, and it's all things that I'm real interested to see what it's going to bring because it is all it is all higher end yeah that's that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting and I'd like to say I'd like to say it doesn't you know affect us which is something that I enjoy being kind of you know well, top of the hill, um, just on the aspect that, uh, you know, everything's downtown, so people didn't want to walk that far. But now that everything's kind of closed in, we are not that far away from everything. Mm -hmm. Actually, well, shout out to the UW hockey team, men's hockey team, but they come up, uh, and I, I didn't I, I didn't see them up, probably up until the last year, year and a half. And they that's just because they started redoing a lot of the houses up off Birch that were turned into, you know, slum fourplexes are now being bought, gutted, and resold. And there's actually a couple of the guys live up there. So, you know, if they've had a long weekend out on the road, they'll pop in. Um, and they're one, wonderful kids. At first, when they came in, and I didn't hear that door shut because they just kept filing. And I just got in, into work. And I was like, oh, here we go. Um, but they all ordered, they all, they all knew procedure, which surprised me. Yeah, yeah, you see that many kids that age come yeah. in at the yeah. same time, you kind of have a... You, little twins yeah, there, yeah. Yeah, and well, you do assume you're like, there's gonna be, there's gonna be one least, in the bunch. Yeah. There's gonna be one kid that you just can't stand. You like the rest, but no, they were all actually very sweet and knew how to order, and actually surprisingly knew how to tip, um, which surprised me more than anything else. But yeah, do, seems like the uh, younger kids aren't quite as bad now. I don't know if we're getting soft in our old age or what, but it seemed <laughs> like they're not quite as as rambunctious. Then again, then again, I don't go to, you know, it's sure Water Street's still Water Street. You know, we're lucky to be on right. this side of the bridge, yeah, in my opinion. I'll stick to this side, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I but have grown pretty fond of this side of the bridge, mm -hmm. I will say. So it is a lot nicer down here than it was, you know, 10, whatever years ago, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's the crazy thing is you kind of forget with everything that's popping up downtown and around town in general. Like for Luke and I, who both, you know, grew up in the area, you look over at something and you're like, oh, man. Remember when, you know, that wasn't there or that used to be this for me growing up on Riverview Drive. I still remember when the North Crossing wasn't there at all. And we used to sled in between in between the valley there. And now looking at it, it's just shocking, you know, mm -hmm. shocking how, how quickly, especially like you said, the downtown has progressed. So it'll be very interesting to see 
especially with the high end side of it, because you're not going to have a lot of college kids who, you know, unless you got, you know, mommy and daddy money, that's, ex- that's expensive living, you know, especially to yeah. be right downtown. So it but, wasn't something that I really had thought about, um, until you become a small business owner in the community and you have to do things like sit before city council for your liquor license. And then when you sit there, you're at the very, you know, end of the agenda. And so you start listening to what you're sitting through because you have to sit through it. And uh, when I really realized how much development really is happening in this city uh, and the, and and how high end uh, it really is um, in terms of the new grocery store and, you know the new uh, the new transportation system that's coming through here and then of course apartments like this one behind us that went up right before we opened um that's now putting another one up closer to you guys <laughs> yay yeah yeah yep. yep. they, they just seem to throw them up too yep it's, yeah, it's, and uh, i think it's all in the next year or so yeah um yep. that we'll start seeing so i'm i'm excited about the the new business for the businesses that are on this side of town seeing those things pop up but i'm also interested to see what that's going to bring to eau claire um in terms of the places that we all love to go yeah yeah i try and keep a i try and keep an an open mind too um on the aspect that because i'm such a like a like a townie about it and i and i really you know even though you've watched so much you can't stop progress and things are going to be built but i'm very protective of the places that i like to be at where you know i love seeing something grow and that's awesome for all the businesses that it, that it affects and that it will pull in for people but at the same time you don't want it to change so much that you're like oh this is why i liked being here you know all, all of a sudden it's just you know it loses its flavor a little bit but. Yep, there is an aspect of that small town community that does appear to to, to become a little bit larger kind of but each season, it seems to just keep growing. Yeah, yeah, and growing, growing out. You know, on the aspect yeah. of look what and happened up. in Altoona <laughs> when they threw all those houses up like overnight. You know, yeah. right along that ridge there. One summer they were there. One, you know, the summer before there was nothing. Yep. So. Well, Luke, we so appreciate you coming yeah, down and talking with us. Um, if you guys ever want to go and get a, a sweet but strong drink, yeah, or okay. possibly something on fire. <laughs> Go, yeah, go Definitely see Luke. Go, go see Buffalo see, Luke. Go yep. see Buffalo yep. Luke. Yep, go see Luke. At uh, the livery. Well, well known for that. <laughs> yeah, well, well, known, well known for your easy drinks, yes. Yep. Uh, we very much appreciate you visiting with us. Thank you. It was fun. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was good to have you on. And like I said, I appreciate uh, on that aspect. I appreciate um, I wouldn't be sitting right here even without uh, without you. So I appreciate that. And Sarah's always, it's, it's always great getting to work together and you're you're going to get emotional again but yeah it's always it's always great getting to sit here and and once again luke we we really appreciate having you on so definitely check out the livery it's absolutely delicious i'm sure most of you have been there and we'll talk to you guys next week